Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. Hallelujah. God's word is so good. Like Stephen said during the worship, you know, it's who we're about. You know, we're, we're a church that believes the word. You know, we're a church that believes God meant what he said. We're a church that believes that, that God's word is so powerful that you can build your life on it. And it'll cause you to stand, you know, no matter what's going on around you. You know, I mean, there's, there's things going on around us. We're living in a fast-paced society and there's, not everything that goes on is good. I'll tell you this, not everything that goes on in this world is God's will. Did you hear that? Not everything you see is the will of God. God never willed it that there'd be, you know, chaos and wars and terror. He never willed that there'd be sickness. God's plan, you could sum it up like this, is when he walked through the Garden of Eden in Genesis, you know, in the, was it, what, what's the verse, 131, I think. He's walking through the Garden of Eden, checking it all out, checking out creation, looking at, you know, the animals and the, 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 the vegetation and everything and, and looking at man. And he looks over there and he says, behold, this is very good. That was very good. What we're seeing today, it's not all very good. But the good news is, is that we have his word. And we can build our lives on that word. We can get it on the inside of us. And I'm telling you what, it'll sustain you. It'll change circumstances. When we go down to Haiti, I'm telling you what, we're going down there with the goods. We're going down there loaded I don't know what's going in my suitcase, but I know what's in my tank, and I'm going down there to whoa, give it out. Yeah, we'll do some counterclockwise running, and we're going to, yeah, <laughs> preach the word. I'm telling you what, the word knows no boundaries. I don't care where you go on this planet. I don't know, care what time period it is. And I mean, we're living in today, of course. But this word works everywhere, every time. I remember back there in 1982, going down with Terry and Carrie to, to Port-au-Prince. And we, we held pastor's meetings. And I remember preaching. We preached, we preached on prosperity. The P word. And nobody needed it more than the people we were talking to. And we just said, hey, man, just honor God. Honor God. Get yourself a couple rocks down by the, the shore and polish them up really good. Give them to God. That's what we told people. In fact, Mill Pastor Million, one of the people we're going to go down and connect with. I mean, he started his church in the city of Laogon. Laogon was a voodoo village. Yeah, you heard me. Voodoo Village. I remember we took the class over and walked up and down. This isn't a Haiti uh, message this morning. I'm just on a roll. And I, I've learned I go with the rolls when they come. Cinnamons are great. But anyway, um, but you know, when, when we, we, we had a class of students that, that had been getting taught the Word of God, and we realized, man, these guys were loaded. They were full, and we had to go let them explode somewhere. So we went and we started going hut to hut. You know, it's, it's like going door to door here in the States, you know. But we went hut to hut. And as we went hut to hut, we started telling people about Jesus. I remember one lady in particular that we, we were talking to in the city of Laogon, and we told her about Jesus, and she just wept. She cried. And you know what she said through the interpreter? 
Of course, she's talking in Creole. She said, I didn't know there was anything but the witch doctor. Didn't know there was anything but the witch doctor. We got born again. We brought a guy in from the States, Mike Francine. Some of you may know who he is. We brought him in, and he did a big crusade in, in the town square of Laogon. Did a crusade. You know what happens when you do a crusade in the town square? Everybody comes. Everybody comes. There's not a, not a whole lot going on in Laogon. So you got a crusade with speakers and, you know, got some Haitian music going. You know, it's kind of that Caribbean stuff, you know. And, you know, and, 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 you know, got, got some guy from America. We had posters up, all that stuff, you know. Everybody comes. We got people born again in the city square. And you know what we did then? You know, we'd been witnessing there. We had a crusade there. So we planted a church there. And we said, Pastor Million, he wasn't Pastor Million then. We said, Million, he was my chief interpreter in school. I said, Million, you're now Pastor Million. <laughs> no, no, it was in his heart. It was in God had called him, and it was in his heart. And we knew that. And so we, we, we planted a church there. And I love to tell this story. You've probably heard it before, but that's all right. Might be some new people that haven't. And we're going down there, so you need to hear it. So he, he started this church there in, in, in Laogon. And you know who was coming to his church? Beggars. People that were beggars on the street. And this is a sign of success. This is prosperity. One of the best examples of prosperity, I can tell you. They started coming to his church, and he'd teach them the word of God. And these people who were beggars on the street... You mean beggars on, they have beggars on the street? Oh, come on. In Haiti, I'm telling you what. You Haiti people, team that's going down there, you're going to see beggars on the street everywhere. But these people that were coming to his ch church were beggars on the street. After coming to his church for a, a year or so, getting the word of God, you know what happened? These were now people that gave to the beggars on the street. That is prosperity. Well, they, they weren't driving a Cadillac or a BMW. Who cares what they, I don't care if they drove a donkey. <laughs> they prospered. God prospered them. And the idea is they had enough to take care of their needs and they had enough to give to other people. That's prosperity. Dana, where were we going with this? Huh? I, 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 I was talking last week about Peter walking on the water. You know, you know, we talked about that and how he got out there and all of a sudden he was out there in the middle of the, 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 the water there and the waves were whipping and the winds were blowing and all this kind of stuff was going on and he looked around and he began to sink. And I, I thought after the service, I thought, I so relate to Peter. I go walking on the water every Sunday and then I get out there and I go, hey, where am I? Where's the boat? <laughs> Dana, hey. <laughs> so you know what you do? You keep walking. Keep getting out of the boat. You keep getting out of the boat. Tell you what, don't ever stop walking on the water because you got out there on the water once and you began to sink. Because if you haven't gotten out there and begun to sink, you've never gotten out of the boat. Anybody that's walked in faith any amount of time, you've had experiences where you've gotten out of the boat and you've gotten out there and it seemed like you were going to sink. But the good news is, is Jesus is just, he's right there. You look at him, man, he'll take you by the hand. He'll walk you up on the water. and He'll walk you right back to the place of security. And, and then what's happened? You're ready for another boat, or another boat uh, exiting water walking experience. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. The thing about life is it comes in cycles. If you blow it once, don't worry about it. You'll get to take the test again. Hallelujah. You know, and by then, hopefully, you've no learned a few answers. Now, we're not that lenient at LCU, you people. <laughs> no. God's merciful. He's full of mercy and compassion. And, and I tell you what, the next time through, we do a better job. You know, we get to, to where, you know, I, I, I've often compared, you know, Dana and I, you know, we're a team. And, you know, as we've gone through life and adventures, sometimes, sometimes I felt like I was, you know, on a, on a ski slope, you know, not snowboarding, skiing, because I've never snowboarded. But we were skiing down the hill, and we were turning head over heels all the way down the hill. But then we got to the bottom of the hill, and, and we were on our feet, and everybody goes, wow, that was good. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I've said this, where I'm at now in life is what I'm practicing and what I'm striving for is to get to that place where I go, yeah, that was cool. And look, act like it was cool when it happened, you know. I was actually, actually I was skiing when I was like, I was at 20s probably, and a bunch of friends, we all went skiing. And I think we were at Afton Alps. And I got this one friend, he, he wasn't a real good skier, and we were pushing him, and, and he, 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 we were off the beaten track. Do you ever go off the beaten track? And, and we were over there on the side, you know, but you could still see the, the regular place. And he, he, uh, he hit a rock or something dry. Or I don't know what happened, but all I know is he went up in the air and he was spinning around and he landed on the ground, just like I've been describing. That's probably where I get my illustration. And when he did that, the ski patrol was coming up on the chairlift and they yelled out and they said, hey, no helicopters. I'm like, yeah, right. Like he was trying to do that. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that was like a compliment. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be the, the, the way I'd set my life, my course. That's how I live now. Anyway, whoo, off the beaten track. Whoo. Hallelujah. Turn to Psalm 118. We're going to read this scripture. Where we've been going for a couple weeks, and, and we're, we're going to go again today. Is, is we've been talking about living free from fear. Living free from fear. We got a flavor to, to, to put out this morning that I believe God showed me to, to go. But we're going to start with this verse. Psalm 118, verse 5. It says, I called on, upon the Lord in distress, and the Lord answered me, and he set me in a large place. I like that. You know, one, time, one thing I'll say is when you're in distress in this life and everybody has times of distress. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're so full of the Holy Ghost, you know, you speak in tongues, you know, all day long, okay? You'll still find distress in this life. But the key is, is that when you get in distress, nowhere to go. It says, so he was in a time of distress and he called on the Lord and the Lord answered him and set him in a large place. God's always wanting to enlarge our tent. He's always wanting us to dream bigger. And he's always wanting us to step out on the water and trust him. Trust him. Trust him with our lives. And it says this in verse 6, The Lord is on my side, like we were singing this morning. Yeah, it's a theme. The Lord's on my side. I'll not fear. What can man do to me? So let's just say that. Say, the Lord's on my side. The Lord's on my side. I, will not fear. I will not fear. What can man do to me? A man might think they can do something to you, you know, but I'm telling you what, we've got inside information. 
We got inside information. And you may not see it just looking in the natural, but God's on my side. God's on your side. I tell you, we may look like the meek, mild-mannered reporters, but I'm telling you what, there's a superman living on the inside of you. There's a greater one living on the inside of you. God is on our side. We don't need to fear. Anytime I've fallen into fear, I've lost sight of this fact that God's on my side. God's on my side. This isn't my show. I'm not trying to, trying to run this thing in life. No, God's on my side. I'm not going to fear. What can man do anyway? Think about it. What can they do? What's the worst thing man can do? So they took your life, so you moved to heaven. I'm telling you what, no one's taken my life until I'm done with my mission here on this earth. No one's taken my life until I'm done with the missions that God has for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be one like Paul who said this. He said, I've run my race and I've finished my course. It's a great thing to finish your course. Run your race and finish your course. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. We, I, I, <laughs> you guys are so wild. I tell you, the hunger. The, you, you know, as a preacher, you, you, the, the crowd, you can sense things from the crowd. And you guys are so good. It's so much fun to preach in this church because you guys pull on it. The trouble I have is you're pulling in all kinds of ways. And I go, all right, all right. All right, which way are we supposed to go right now? As you know, I got about 15 stories running through my head right now, and I could go on, but I'm going to say, hey, all right, we got to go the right way that God wants us to here. Hebrews 11, what I want to talk about is, is that, that the life of faith, the life of faith. You see, there's two ways you can walk through this life. You can walk through it in faith, or you can walk through it in fear. All right? And, and these are like two opposing forces. They look really similar in a lot of ways. They're, they're really what they call, you call reciprocals. They're, they're, they're the same, but they're the opposite. And, and, and as, as born-again believers, what we want to do, we know there's, there's, you know, God's on our side. We know we're all about kingdom business. And we want to walk the, the walk of faith. You know, we want to live on the high places, the large places of the earth. Hebrews chapter 11. Dana read me Hebrews 11 this week one night before supper. I didn't know how long that chapter was until I had to hear it all before we ate supper. <laughs> 143 verses, I think, or something. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Hebrews 11, <laughs> 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So faith, faith is living by the unseen. Faith is, is, is a substance from heaven. It's substance. It's, it's in the spirit world. It's, it's real. Faith is real. You can cash it in. In, in the, the Jordan version, I'll just read you this one because it's probably my favorite. It says that now faith, now faith, faith is a now thing. It's, it's, it's not a future thing. It's a now thing. But it says now faith is turning the turning of dreams 
into deeds. It's betting your life on the unseen realities. Betting your life on the unseen realities. Not everything in this life, you know, is just laid out where, you know, well, that's what I'm going to do. If that is the case, it's, it's kind of boring. But God's called us to live a life where we got to trust him. And I'm telling you what, I'm, I'm not telling you to just put a blindfold on and walk off the end of a, of, of, a, of a pier or something like that. You know, some people have said this, that faith is blind. I think there was a, a group in the 60s called that. But, but blind faith is not Bible faith. Did you hear that? Blind faith is not Bible faith. Faith may not see the end, but faith sees the next step. Faith is not walking in the dark, but faith is always. Can you say always? Always. Faith is always walking in the light. Now, I've talked to God about, you know, increasing my light, and then he talks to me about it. But, but anyway, I mean, I'd like to see about five years down the road, ten years down the road. But, you know, he usually <laughs> he gives me enough light that I can see that I'm not going to hit the tree as I'm walking, you know, in front of me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Glory to God. And uh, it reminds me, you know, you can always tell the missionaries in Haiti because they're the ones that have flashlights. Okay? Just a side, side note there. Anyway, Hebrews 11.6, talking about the life of faith versus the life of fear. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Him here is God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Well, we'll just skip right down to the Jordan version again. And it says it like this. It says, without living by the unseen, it's impossible to get such approval. For anyone who's serious about the God life must stake everything on the fact that God is and that he amply rewards those who make him their quest. Praise the Lord. I think it's important to know this about God, is that God is for you. I think it's important to know this about God, that God is a rewarder. And that as, as we're talking this morning about trusting Him and, and, and staking your life on Him, on the unseen realities, I think it's important to know this quality, this character of God is that He's out to bless your life. He's not out to see what He can, you know, put you through how far he can push you, he's out to bless you. He's not one of them guys that dangles the carrot, you know, just out of your reach and says, so oh, I can keep him going this way, you know. I mean, you know, I, could, I would be that mean, you know. You know, I've, we've got a cat in our house. Got a cat and a dog. And, you know, we've had the cat for how many years now, Dana? She'll be 15 in May. And, and, and uh, I've always treated our cat like a dog, tried to keep it to... Uh, you get it to fetch things, you know. And she almost does. She almost does. But one game I've played with our cat over the years is, is you know, years ago we came out, they came out with those laser light things, you know. And that was, I get so, I used to use my watch, the sun reflecting on the watch, but then we got a laser light. And I put that on the floor and the cat will go and he's just ready, she's ready to pounce on that baby because there's a, something there to attack. And just as she pounces, I go, whoop, I lift that light up on the ceiling. I know, I'm really mean. I'm really mean, and I can, I can do that for, you know, lengths of time, and just, I'm totally amused. And so is the cat. The cat gets really amused by it, too. And, and then, then what our, in our house, what happens is then the dog wants to get in on it. 
you know, and so then he jumps in the way and he's kind of, you know, he can't really see that well anyway. He tries to look at the flashlight and I can't do that and it causes problems. But anyway, God's not like that. God is not doing that with your life. I might do that. God won't do that, okay? God lets you get things. He's out to bless you. He is a rewarder and you can trust him. Even when things don't look good, you can put your trust in him, that he has his hand on your life. And as you follow him, as you trust him, you will not be disappointed. You'll not be disappointed. Glory to God. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 8, verse 49. Luke 8, 49. This is an a, a excerpt from a story here and uh, I'll just read this. While he, this is talking about Jesus here. Uh, while Jesus was yet speaking, it says in verse 49, there came one of the ruler, one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, "Your daughter's dead. Trouble not the master." Okay, so so this is this is talking about you know this guy was coming to Jesus because his daughter was sick, and he says, "My daughter's sick at home. Will you come and pray?" And 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 Jesus was coming to go and pray for this 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 man's daughter, and while he was on his way to do this. Someone came up who had a great need and, and Jesus, you know, released power from heaven. This person was totally healed. But in the midst of this, the whole thing, while their trip was interrupted, someone comes with this devastating news and says, your daughter's dead. Don't trouble the master anymore. What kind of emotions would, be, would you be dealing with this at that time? I'm telling you what, we're real people and we deal with real emotions in this life. And this guy just got the devastating news that his daughter had died when he was out trying to seek help. And Jesus heard this whole thing and he answered the man and this is what he said. He said, fear not, only believe and she'll be made whole. Fear and faith are opposing forces. And they're always vying for your attention. And you and I have a choice to make, just like this guy had a choice to make. How am I going to walk? Jesus said, fear not, only believe, and your daughter will be whole. So you know what? This gives you a thing. You know, if he was going to only believe, that meant that he wasn't going to be able to fear. He was going to have to say, no to the feelings, to the emotions, to all the pulls that fear had him at, at that moment. And he said, all right, I'm going to trust you. I don't understand this thing. I don't, un I don't see how it's going to work. I, did you hear the message they brought? They said, she's dead. Jesus said, fear not, only believe, only believe. So they came to the house uh, and he suffered no man to go in to save Peter, James, and John. And the father of the, and the mother of the maiden and all wept and bewailed her. But he said, weep not, she's not dead, but sleeps. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that, that she was dead. But he put them all out and took her by the hand and said, maid, arise. And her spirit came again. And she arose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat. And, and her, her parents were astonished, but he charged them that they should not tell no man what was done. I'll tell you what, we have a choice in this life, and we need to choose to go the high road. We need to choose to walk the walk of faith. In order to do that, there's some things we've got to be aware of. 
Because fear and faith are opposites, but they, there's, there's some very big similarities about them. And, and one of the things, that, the thing that was really standing out to me this week that I want to get over to you this morning in the next few minutes is this. You got to be careful what you listen to. You got to be careful what you hear. Because hearing is the avenue that faith comes. And hearing is also the avenue that fear comes. In Mark 4, 24, Jesus said this. He said, and I'm probably going to go faster than you can turn today unless you're super lightning quick. But don't worry, write the reference down or, or, or listen on the podcast and you can get all this too. Mark 4, 24, Jesus said, Take heed to what you hear. With the measure you meet, it will be measured to you. And unto you that hear, more sh shall more be added. Now, Jesus said this. He was talking about kingdom growth. He was talking about how you, 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 you expand in the kingdom. And he said this. He says, if you're going to be a kingdom player, you need to do this. You need to take heed. Take heed to what you hear. I mean, what does that mean? Take heed. What does that mean? It means you've got to be careful what you listen to. You've got to be listening, turning your ear to things that are going to build your faith and not put fear in you. That man could have listened to the person come and saying, hey, your daughter's dead. Jesus said, whoa, whoa, red flag, red flag. Don't fear. Fear not. Only believe and your daughter will be whole. There's situations that, that people are facing this morning where the same things apl applies and Jesus is saying, hey, Fear not, only believe. Only believe. Fear not, only believe. There's a high road to walk, a walk of faith. Familiar scripture, Romans 10, 17, it says this, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. One version says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the message of Christ. I'm telling you what, the message of Christ is triumph. The message of Christ is that Jesus took your place and my place and he went to the cross and defeated the enemy. And everything he did, he put to your credit. He said, that'll build your faith. That's something to listen to. Acts 14, 7 through 10. It says, and there they preached the gospel. What they preach? They preached that Jesus died, that he became a substitute for you and I. He took on all the sin, all the sickness, all the infirmity. He became that. He paid the price for it. He died and he was raised from the dead, free from it. And when God saw that, he saw you and I in that, in that place. This was the gospel they were preaching. This was because Paul was preaching. That's the gospel Paul preached. So he preached the gospel there. And there was a certain man at Lystra, that was the town, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb. He had never walked. Well, this same person, this same man, he heard Paul speak. What did he do? Heard him speak. And steadfastly beholding him, perceived, Paul perceived that he had faith to be healed. And he said with a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. And the man leaped and walked. So what did Paul do? Paul preached the word. Paul perceived this man to have faith. And Paul told the man, stand up and walk. What did the man do? Well, the man was crippled. The man heard Paul speak, had faith to be healed, and when the command of faith came, he obeyed it and he leaped, leapt and walked. He received his healing. How'd that work? 
By hearing. By hearing. 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 This man had been crippled since, his, since birth. But he heard something that changed his life. What you hear makes a difference. Take heed what you hear. Take heed what you hear. We've, we've listened to some... Uh, Dennis and Leanne, when they come, they always come and they give us some kind of a DVD or something to watch. And so Dana and I, we Dana's watched watched it through a few times, and I, I I've sat with her too. And tapes on Lester Summerall. You guys all know who Lester Summerall is. He's he was a he's in heaven, but he's a wild man, wild preacher, very stern man. <laughs> I always felt when I'd sit in the crowd listening to him preach, man, I don't want to mess with Lester. <laughs> That's what I always feel like. But Lester, Lester was a personal friend of Smith Wigglesworth. A lot of the Wigglesworth stories that, that I've shared and other people share, we heard them from Lester because Lester was a personal friend of Smith's. Smith Wigglesworth, who's Smith Wigglesworth? Smith Wigglesworth was a plumber in, in England, had a wife that was born again and prayed him into the kingdom. Wigglesworth got born again, got, answered the call of God to go preach, and he, he basically set the world ablaze in his day. He had, you know, I've read different accounts. There's a lot of different books on his life, but the, the one that had the, the, the latest one I read, had, he had 14 people raised from the dead in his ministry. He's ahead of me by 14, okay? <laughs> so Lester was a personal friend of, of Smith's, and he said this when he was, we were watching this DVD. It's about, I don't know, it's hours and hours and hours. You know, I don't know how many hours, 10 hours on it. Is that possible? Anyway, there's, oh, there's more than one. So anyway, um, he said this. He says, people come to me all the time, and they say, wow, I want to be like Smith. Or what was it like to be a friend of Smith's? Lester says, man, you don't, you know, when they say, I want to be like Smith, he looks at him, he says, you don't even know what you're asking. He says, you don't know what you're asking. He says, you really don't want to be like Smith. He said, frankly, to be around Smith, he irritated most people. Sometimes when people are walking in faith, they can be irritating to your flesh. <laughs> you always got to ask yourself the question when you're getting irritated, you know. Is it them or is it me? Or I hate that when God says, Paul, it's you. You got to change your attitude. You know, it's like I go to the meeting and I'm having a bad attitude. I'm thinking the whole world needs to change. And God gets a hold of me and says, no, it's you that needs to change. And I'm like, oh, I hate that when that happens. Oh, it's a bummer. <laughs> I want them to change. It's like you heard about the guy that went camping and, and uh, his friends. Did you ever go camping? I used to go camping when I was a teenager. And uh, haven't camped since I've been married. But, but... <laughs> I was an avid camper. You, you heard about the, the guy that went camping with his buddies and he took a nap in the tent in the middle of the day so the, the, the friends snuck in and wiped Limburger cheese under his nose. And the guy, the guy woke up and took a deep breath and he said, whoa, whoo, man, something stinks in this tent. You know, and he got out of the tent and he took a, took a deep breath again. He, Whoa, man, something stinks in this, in this uh, campsite. Whoo, man, whoo. And he takes a walk away from the campsite, and he goes down to the lake, and he takes another deep breath, and he goes, whoa, whoa, my goodness. He says, the whole world stinks. 
And that would be funny, but that's how most people walk through life. And they think the whole world stinks, and all the time the whole problem is underneath their nose. <laughs> so anyway, Lester says, you don't want to be like Smith. I'm telling you what, he was an irritant. He was irritating. And, and Lester's the one that I tell the story sometimes, how he came up to Smith's house, you know, and this is in the later years of Smith's life, and Lester said, he didn't have a lot of friends, but I came over one day just to hang with them and hear the words of wisdom, whatever, you know, and I had a newspaper under my hand. I thought, everybody likes a newspaper, you know. He said, I'm going to give old Smith a newspaper. And he comes up, and Smith's standing in the doorway real stern, and he goes, you can come in. That stays out. He wouldn't even allow it in his house. Now, I'm not, you know what, I probably have, I don't know, if, maybe I don't have a newspaper now, but I've read the newspaper. I'm, I'm not there. I'm not condemning anybody. I, I do pull up the Internet every day. But I'm telling you what, you do got to be careful. You got to take heed what you hear. If something's tearing down your faith, don't feed on it. Feed on things that build you up. Turn on the Liberty podcast. Turn on Stephen's podcast. <laughs> Woo! 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 Acts eleven thirteen. It says this, and he showed us how, uh, this is Cornelius, how he had seen an angel in his house and stood and said unto, unto him, send men to Joppa. Okay, Cornelius was, was a member, he was an Italian guy. How do you know that? Well, it says that in Acts chapter 10. He was a Gentile. And, and he was a good man. Do you know there's good men that haven't been born again? And, and, and he got the attention of heaven. And, and, and uh, an angel appeared to Cornelius. And he said, Cornelius, he said, you send a Joppa for one named Peter. And this is the point I wanted to make. I'll just tell you. I don't, I, we're probably in about verse 14 or so or 15. I'm not sure. But he says this. Peter is going to come to you. And he's going to tell you words by which you can be saved. So then the angel goes and, and Cornelius goes. He sends men to Joppa to get Peter. And Peter's up on the rooftop. And Jesus, you know, he brings him a vision, shows him the sheet with unclean animals in it. and says, rise and eat, rise and eat. Peter says, not so. No unclean's ever, things ever cross my lips. I tell you, we can get so religious. Not me, Lord. <laughs> Have you looked at me? <laughs> Tell you what, the world doesn't revolve on how good you are. What did he say? Anyway, the world revolves on what Jesus did. Okay? And so Peter got up, and, and then he eventually went to Cornelius' house. I'm, I'm just going to tell you this. And he went and he stood, and Cornelius had such a hunger for God that he got all his friends and relatives and he crammed them into the place. I bet, you know, there was like a guy like Dan Buckley there saying, all right, donkeys, diagonal, right along this line. <laughs> they packed the house. And Peter is obeying a vision from heaven and he goes in the house and he begins to tell them the words the words. Words can change your life. Things you hear can change your life. It begins to tell them words of life and right in the middle of the message, it's like the Spirit of God fell on the whole crowd and they began to speak in tongues and they got born again. Now you don't get, need to get 
speak in tongues to be born again, but that's how it happened in Cornelius' house. Such a, such a hunger just pulled on heaven till there was manifestations. It was a sign and it was a wonder. And Peter, Peter looked at it and he goes, you know, Peter was ama as amazed as anybody. And he says, wow, didn't even get to finish my message. He said, wow, I see God's no respecter of persons. He says, wow, the whole place, they got it just like we did in the beginning. He said, wow, God loves these people. Words, words change people's lives. Take heed what you hear. I'm going to just cut right down to one more. I'm not going to have you go there. I'm skipping over Philip preaching in the city of Samaria. The whole town got saved. It was great. But then David was a young shepherd boy. And his dad says to him, David, your brothers are, are, are in the army. He says, I want you to bring them some cheese sandwiches. Go over there and bring them some lunch. So he packs him up a basket full of cheese sandwiches. And David brings them. David's a curious young guy. And he, he, he wants to check it all out anyway. And he goes up to the, 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 the armies of Israel. And, and here they are being threatened by one champion who would stand in, 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 the, in the, the midst of them and, or in the, in the valley there. And he would speak words every day to the children of Israel, to the army of Israel, not just children of Israel. You know, it wasn't a bunch of kids. But anyway, we could use that term, I know. But this was the armies. This was Saul and the commanders. These were the mighty men of war. And this champion, Goliath, stood in the valley and looked at him and he spoke words to him. And he said, you know, send me out a champion. Him and I will fight to the death. Whoever wins, their, their side is the champion and the other side becomes their slaves. And he spoke words to him every day. And this is what the Bible says, that Saul and all the army of Israel heard those words, and they were all afraid. They were all paralyzed with fear. So David, the young whippersnapper, coming up with his picnic basket, comes up, and he hears the same words. But he chose to listen to another message. He chose to listen to this kind of message. God's for me. Who can be against me? I am, I'm, a, I'm a child of the Most High God. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would defy the armies of the living God? They heard him speak. You know what happened? They were irritated at him. Because like I said, when you're in faith and people aren't, you're irritating to them. But he finally, he persuades them to let him go out and have a shot at this giant. Couldn't take on Saul's armor. I mean, there's 15 sermons in this message. But the bottom line is, is he went out there in faith, listening to the words that stirred him in faith. He resisted the fear, and he took the head of the enemy. Glory to God. God has called us to a life of faith, a life of his word. One scripture, I'll end with it, probably. John 15, 7 says this, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. You'll ask what you will, and it'll be done for you. Whew! Wow. That's, that's shouting stuff. Man, whew. Get full. God will put you over. Nothing can stand in your way when you've got a tank full of God's word. Hallelujah. 
Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.